it's still today, like just brings people in so much more prepared and qualified to work with me because they feel a personal connection to me. They can see that I actually know what I'm doing. Um, and it stirred an emotion in them that they wanted the same kind of result, right? And so that was the fir my first experience with like story, this is how I need to be doing business with people. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. Our last episode featured Nick Fitzgerald and his insight on the power of Facebook Lives and how they changed his business. Today we get more time with Nick, the friendly giant, to discuss sticking to finding your passion and not giving up until you do. So keep listening to see how it can help you. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am joined today by the incredible, talented, and incredibly tall Nick Fitzgerald. Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> oh, man, we are just so excited, guys. I've had the opportunity to kind of... Uh, follow Nick around his journey as we've been at a lot of the same events uh, the, over the past year since we were in the same coaching program. And this guy is, he, he follows Russell's lead with value and hashtag over deliver all over the place. So I'm super excited for him to be on the podcast because I know that he is just not going to hold back. I wanted to take a minute to introduce Nick so that he can get this party started for us. So Nick is a literal giant at six foot nine. Guys, that's like so big. Do you know how many centimeters that is? Have you ever done the calculation? I have. We should, we should, we should do it. I don't know. We should look it up. That'd be <laughs> awesome. He is a Utah-based yeah. entrepreneur who figured out how to serve people using his creative abilities. And uh, for those of you who are just listening, behind him, you can see figurines of Star Wars and all kinds of, all kinds of uh, fun, creative passions that he has. He's a former Division I semi-pro basketball player. He struggled transitioning from competing on the court to competing in corporate America. After many attempts on different career paths, he finally listened to his inner voice and became an entrepreneur. He founded Friendly Giant Films in 2015. Since then, he's worked on 14 feature films, two television series, many commercials, and was a freelance photojournalist journalist for the NBC affiliate in Salt Lake City. He has even acted in front of the camera in a lead role in an upcoming in an upcoming feature film. Are you going to tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah, we'll go into it. Sure. <laughs> I love it. Now he is a storytelling marketer and his focus is on helping businesses and entrepreneurs find and tell their stories. He specializes in leveraging your stories and experience to sell more of your products and services through video. 
building relationships and emotional connections between brands and their audiences. He has spoken on stages to thousands of people sharing his journey and how he used storytelling to build a brand from thin air. He also became a best-selling author with the release of a of million dollar story, inspiring many to take action, tell their stories and serve people at the highest level. I mean, guys, is there anything that Nick hasn't done? And he's not even that old. Like he is a young whippersnapper when it comes to, to this thing called life. So Nick, we're again, just really, really excited to have you on the show with us today. Well, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for, thanks for that. Uh, and it's, it's, it is funny how, you know, our journeys is we hop from thing to thing sometimes, but we gain experience along the way. And it ultimately leads us to be able to serve people at the highest level that we can by combining all of those things, hopefully, uh, into something that brings value to, value to people. So yeah, isn't that true? I, I, I don't know about you, but in my journey, anytime it was time for me to transition from one thing to another, I felt like I was a loser and that I had done it wrong. Yep. And it took, I don't know, I should count like maybe my fifth or sixth transition before I was like, wait a minute, I'm actually just becoming an incredibly well-rounded individual and a very unique individual that can serve people in a unique way. And I don't regret any of the, the, uh, the twists and turns that my life took, but it took a long time for me to actually be confident and not feel like, dang it, I just can't get it right. Yeah. So exactly. I love that you well, speak to that. Yeah. Well, and for me, it was, I was, uh, 35 years old when I finally took that jump and, you know, asked myself again, what do I want to be when I grow up as, as a father of four and all that stuff. But like you said, each one of those experiences leading up to it um, just prepares you to be able to step into it fully when, when the time is right. So. I love it. Well, we would love to hear a bit of that story. How did you uh, be, how did you get to the point where you could found the Friendly Giant Film Studio and just have all these incredible opportunities and be involved in these amazing projects and just be this this amazing entrepreneur giving so much value. Like, how did that happen? Oh man! So um, before, directly before I started my company, I was actually a financial advisor. Um, I had a practice and had been crushing it as a financial advisor in a partnership, and uh, that partnership dissolved and I had at the beginning of 2014 just like I had to start my whole practice over again so I was trying to redo and reboot and all this kind of stuff um, and I was just failing at building a new pipeline and uh, of clients and leads and all that kind of stuff and I eventually uh, it was November 7th 2014 I actually have the letter that I got and just right down here um, that told me I was no longer employed with them. I was terminated because I wasn't going to hit my sales quota for the year. Um, and so I was 34, almost 35 years old at the time, had a newborn in February of that year. We had had our fourth child. Um, and so we had a newborn. We had just finished paying off the hospital bill, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, what do I, what do I do? Do I go work for another firm? Do I change careers again? Because previous to becoming a financial advisor, I was you know, I worked in a warehouse for a furniture store. I worked as uh, building power harnesses for a company that services medical devices. I was an inventory clerk. I was a shipping and receiving manager. I was a purchasing manager and then a payroll manager for different companies. I just hopped around from place to place to place chasing a paycheck, basically, just trying to, uh, quote unquote, be responsible and get a real job, you know, those kinds of things, um, where I was so unfulfilled with the work that I was doing. I love the people that I worked with, but I hated the work that I was doing. 
Um, and so, you know, again, at this point, I'm like, do I start something new or do I just try to continue on this path just with a different company or firm? Um, but just nothing felt right. And so, you know, that summer in 2014, I had actually had an old high school friend who, um, he was way overweight. And this is back when the biggest loser was like on all the time. And he wanted to film a, an audition tape, so to speak, for that show. And so we did the, I got together with him. I borrowed some, some gear from my dad and um, made this video for his biggest loser audition. And I remember we were sitting there and I showed it, we were sitting next to him while we we're watching the final thing. And he just got tears streaming down his face. And I'm like, I must've done a good job, you know, that kind of thing. Um, he didn't get cast for it, but like that just rekindled. I'd always had this um, hobby of making videos. You know, I'm a child of the eighties and nineties. So uh, back in the old, old, the olden times, um, having those VHS camcorders and making mock episodes of cops with my buddies, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and then my just passion for movies and, and entertainment and stuff. I just said, you know what? I've always been a creative person. Like I love, I love stories. I love movies. I love music, um, all sorts of things like that. But I never thought that I could actually make a living doing it. I just thought, Oh, this is a nice hobby to have, you know, or if I wanted to focus on that, I'd have to become a millionaire some other way so that I'd have free time, you know, to pursue it. And so I said, you know, we were living in a family member's basement at the time. Um, cause we had burned through all of our savings. We had like no money left, uh, all this stuff because I made $15,000 that year as a financial advisor, uh, that year that I got fired. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Um, people, other people say I'm good at it. I think I'm good at it. I'm just going to see what I can do with trying to start a video production company. So, um, I decided right then, it was like December when I had the realization um, that that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I started a video production company without having a video camera uh, at all to even do it. I, <laughs> I was like, I wanna do it, um, this is what I'm gonna do and I'll just make it work, I'll figure it out. Um, but like I said, my dad had some camera equipment so I borrowed it from him um, to get things started. So I didn't have any clients or anything like that and so uh, all I wanted to do was just make cool videos for businesses. I didn't, nothing about storytelling or marketing and th that wasn't like in my mind really at all. I just wanted to make videos. And so I just went to work trying to, trying to find clients. I didn't have any connections or a book of business or anything to, to call on. And so I just started uh, going out and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Just going out on days I didn't have things to do and have my camera and just shoot b-roll of nature or things around town just to to get acquainted with the equipment and then try to find ways to make interesting visuals and stuff and um eventually i did get an opportunity to get a client and it was so funny it was a crossfit gym who uh, they were entering a contest about telling the story about why they started their gym and all these other crossfit gyms were doing the same thing and so we got together and uh it's funny, I charged them $250 for this video. And I was so nervous to like ask for that much money, right? It was just like, I felt so scared to do it, but they, uh, they agreed to that. And uh, again, when I showed them the, the edit, like tears streaming down their faces and I'm like, like, that was amazing. I'm like, okay, I'm onto something here, you know? And I had that 
as most entrepreneurs, especially creatives, when they start, you think like, if I don't charge people a lot of money and I just do a killer, amazing job, they're going to like shout from the rooftops and the mountaintops how amazing I am and all their friends are going to come to me and I'm going to have tons of business. And uh, that very rarely happens, right? And that was what happened for me. I didn't get that uh, burst of extra business because of the great job I did and all those kinds of things. And so I was just trying to, I was struggling. I'm like, again, we were in a place financially where we didn't have anything to lose. So that was nice that like for the first few months, I only made a few hundred dollars and, but it wasn't like a super huge financial strain on us. But eventually I was just like, I've got to find out how to make money, but I don't want to go back and get a job and put this together only after a few months of trying. Um, And so I just kept going out and shooting video. And that's what ultimately led me an opportunity to to become a freelance photojournalist. I was going out one morning to uh, shoot some B-roll. I didn't have anything to do. And I was going out, it was wintertime still, nice and cold. And I could see some smoke rising in the distance. I was like, that's not like a normal chimney fireplace fire kind of smoke. And so I got in my car and threw the camera bag in the, in the car and started driving and I found where the smoke was coming from. And it was actually a house that was on fire, like fully on, like flames shooting off the roof and everything. And I found it bef- just before the fire crews had arrived. Like all the sirens were approaching. I just got there before they pulled in the neighborhood. So I grabbed my camera and start shooting some stuff. And the police officer that's going around like knocking on doors and making sure every neighbors are out. He's like, hey, are you media? And I'm like, yeah, you know? And so he's like, come with me. And he got me in like somebody's yard right next to the house. So I like had awesome access to get some good footage and stuff. And that ultimately I worked with the news station to give them the footage that I got to use for their story. And that opened up the doors for me to become a a freelancer for for KSL, the NBC affiliate here in Salt Lake. And um, from there, it was just like, I started running full-time in news, basically filling in and shooting stories and all these kinds of things, just learning how to get better at my craft and my skills, my technical abilities, because I had to do everything from the lighting to the sound to the actual camera stuff. A lot of times as a freelancer, you don't have a reporter, so you're conducting the interviews and asking all the questions and all of that kind of stuff. And then of course, editing and getting it ready for the news. And so I learned how to work really fast um, at, getting things done. Um, and it was a lot of fun too. Just, it's just, I know a lot of people bag on the news and I'm not a big fan of the tactics that, you know, media uses on telling stories sometimes, um, or controlling narratives and things like that. But I learned, um, that the majority of, you know, news broadcasters aren't in that camp that a lot of people put them into. Um, but then I got to meet uh, such amazing people in the community, but then learn how to, approach complete strangers with a big camera and make them feel comfortable, all sorts of different things that I was able to put to work in my business. So, so basically, you know, that's, that's how I got started with uh, using cameras and starting to craft stories was by losing everything, (laughs) being fired from my present, my previous job, and finally listening to that inner voice, that passion that I'd always had, um, and kind of turning off the the voices of my in my head and that everyone else is like be responsible you've got kids you gotta be you have some stability in your life and all that stuff i was like i've lived my whole life doing that 
and I've, it's not worked out for me. So I'm going to try the other side and see what happens, you know? Um, and that's what got me started on this crazy journey um, of building a, a production company, but then um, starting to focus on marketing and messaging and stories and uh, creating powerful messages that help brands connect with their audience so that they come back again and again and build relationships as opposed to just transactions and, you know, having to always churn and burn through tons of people in order to get business. Yeah. So this is, this is incredible. I love it. This is like, seriously so great, especially the part where like, you just like see smoke in the distance and you're just like, let's go. Unbelievable. So, um, when, when was the point where you like, you recognized that like really, uh, it's about storytelling. Like, I mean, whether, whether you do it in through, through video, you know, the, the visual word, the written word, the, the listened word, like it really is about stories. Like how did, how did you figure that out? Well, it was, it was funny. I was on a trip to West Virginia doing a shoot for the Boy Scouts of America at the Jamboree, their national Jamboree. And we were going um, with these super wealthy people like Bill Marriott and Rex Tillerson and all these like millionaire, billionaire guys that had donated lots of money to the Boy Scouts over the years. And we were, we were filming these like bronze statue unveilings of them and, you know, hearing some of the stories about what they had done. And I, I sat there and I'm like, these guys are millionaires and billionaires. And they're talking about these stories and experiences that they had uh, as youth and, you know, with the Boy Scouts in particular. And it just got me thinking, I was on this trip and I was being paid very well. And I was telling somebody else's story um, about, you know, this wasn't a money-making thing for those individuals. They were the ones giving the money to the other organization, but how I had seen the impact that they had had or that things had had on them and success. And I was like, you know what, like, this is what businesses need to, to be able to do is to talk about impact and things that they uh, that have happened in their lives. And then again, to show how that has allowed them to serve people and impact others through it. And so I got home from that and was just like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'd worked on, like I said, after the news, I kind of transitioned into to Hollywood production stuff. And I worked on tons of feature films and movies and TV shows and commercials and worked with all these brands like, um, you know, Intellibed and Purple Mattress and the Harmon brothers, if you know who they are and um, seeing how to craft visuals in an amazing way, but then how to use the information and the story to be able to drive the narrative or to bring people to a conclusion. So it's like, okay, I'm done working. I don't, I don't want to be working on a film set. You know, I had been working more than full-time hours as a, as a filmmaker um, and only making 20, my first full year in film, it was only $25,000. The next it was 35,000. Like I still wasn't making very much money. We were on food stamps and on Medicaid and, and all those things still living in a family member's basement. And I was working my tail off. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to, one, the route that I'm going and how hard I'm running, like my body's either going to give up or, you know, I'm not going to last super long. It's not a, there's no longevity in it. So I want to take the skills that I've learned and the network of amazing filmmakers that I know and focus on the message because I've always loved connecting with people. That was why I was successful, was successful initially as a financial advisor is because I connected with people. And that was all through sharing stories, sitting in somebody's 
living room, they're not going to tell you if they have a million dollars in assets as a complete straight, you know, they're not going to open up and say, Oh yeah, I've got a million dollars in a 401k or whatever like that. If they don't know me or have some trust there in order to do that, you have to share and open up and get to know them and they get to know you and it, uh, it just grows from there. And so I took all of those skills that I had at being able to connect with people and what I learned in interviewing individuals with the news and complete strangers and having to build rapport really fast and saying, okay, how can I take those skills and then put them to work for a business? Like um, our, our uh, uh, mutual mentor, Russell Brunson, he's a, he's a childhood friend of mine from, we went to elementary school, middle school, high school together. Um, we reconnected while I was going through the film stuff and struggling financially. And that um, having hit some of his guidance and seeing that there was a way that I could actually use my talents and abilities to make money while also serving people and helping them make money, you know, it was just like, okay, storytelling is how it's done. Like it, I looked at brands that are popular. Like I remember, you know, the old back in the eighties, like some of the tell, like, was it, um, I can't remember which telephone company it was, but they had like a commercial that would like literally make people cry and they were, became legendary at the time for it. And like the old, the Coke commercials with the polar bears and, you know, seeing these brands that were successful and had longevity, that they had cool stories and, and things. It wasn't just like, hey, go and buy this amazing water bottle. At, you know, if they, they had a purpose and an intention and a story behind it that helped people connect with it um, and stuff like that. Just like, so I just said, okay, I need to tell stories, but I had only worked on films up to this point. I was working on somebody else's stories. I worked on like Hallmark Christmas movies and, you know, stuff like that too, where, um, you know, I wasn't involved in any of the story creation other than like setting up the lighting or doing camera work or whatever it might be. And um, I finally was like, okay, I need to tell a story. I need to have an example of of my story and how to how I can execute it visually, technically, and then help people understand that they should have the same kind of thing for themselves. So I finally just said, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna create a promo for my business, for Friendly Giant Films. Um, if I'm gonna tell anybody's story for the first time, it might as well be my own, you know? And so that's what I did. I created this little three minute video um, where I tell a story of going to the movies with my grandma when I was younger. Um, and then it went into showing examples of things and projects that I'd worked on and then inviting people to just saying like, you know, everyone remembers a powerful story and we want your audience to, you know, remember yours basically. And so, um, so I wrote it all out and I sat on it, the script for a little while and didn't do anything with it because I was afraid. Because like I said, up to this point, I told other, worked on telling other people's stories but if I worked on a Hallmark Christmas movie, and if any of, any of you have ever seen one, you know, it's not riveting. It's a, it's a formula. You know, you kind of know what's going to happen before it happens. Um, but if I work on something like that and it's really bad, it wasn't a reflection on me. I didn't write it. It wasn't my story. I just worked on the lights or did some camera work. Whereas this was like, this is my story. And if I don't do a good job with this, I'm like a fraud, basically, you know, I'm like... <laughs> How can I tell people that I can tell their stories if I can't tell my own? And so that kind of, that fear kept me, kept me from doing it for a couple months, but finally did it, got it done and it launched it to the world and it had great reception and still does to this day. Like I have people, you know, a few people, you know, a few times a week, at least I have somebody like, Oh my gosh, I just watched, I just saw your video. 
And that was incredible. I want that for my business, right? And even today, it's been three years since I released that video. Um, it's still today, like just brings people in so much more prepared and qualified to work with me because they feel a personal connection to me. They can see that I actually know what I'm doing. Um, and it stirred an emotion in them that they wanted the same kind of result, right? And so that was the fir my first experience with like story. This is how I need to be doing business with people. Um, and so that's, that was my first, first real experience with like controlling everything from concept to final product or final uh, project to, to really craft an actual brand story for somebody. And luckily it was for myself to start. Yeah, I love it. So how, how did you go from um, being completely overworked and underpaid to now, I mean, you're, and I don't, I don't know a whole lot about your life, but like, it, it seems to me like you have the freedom to like in this situation in the world right now, like to be there for your kids and you're there with your family. And, and so like, how did you go from working more hours a week than anyone should to having a schedule where like you could put family first. Yeah. Well, the, the main point was first was learning how to say no um, to the wrong kinds of projects. Like I made that decision that I wanted to transition from being a crew member in film to, um, you know, doing marketing and brand messaging and being the one facilitating the crew, uh, bringing in my, my buddies and my friends to do the stuff. Um, so at first it was like, I was, I had a reputation. I, I had calls coming in every week for new projects and, and stuff. And I thought that I was being entrepreneurial. I was an entrepreneur because I had freedom to say yes and no, but still had no power in negotiating my rates and things like that. So the first thing was like learning to say no and turn down work so that I could focus on my, my own brand and my own business. And so once I was able to do that, then it was, you know, actually being uh, diligent with the free time that I now had from turning down a feature film that would have given me work for three weeks or, you know, that kind of thing. And so as I started to do that and still studying marketing and like, you know, uh, listening to Russell Brunson's podcast and talking to him personally um, about things that I was working on, getting some feedback that helped tremendously. But eventually what it came down to it's like I got mentorship and I created that video and all that stuff. And I still wasn't making a lot of money. I was getting better clients that had a little bit more budget um, than what I was used to. Um, but still it was challenging. And it wasn't until I went to um, Funnel Hacking Live in 2018. It was in Orlando. And I came back from that just so pumped up and like ready to take on the world. Um, but I understood that I needed to be consistently putting my message out there. I had this great video and it was doing, doing it what it needed to do and what I wanted it to do, but I still couldn't just rely solely on that. I needed to get my message out in different ways and to attract people. And so I started doing daily Facebook lives. Um, and some of them were tactical where I talked about business type of stuff. And then other, other times it was just like talking about something that I noticed and I was just practicing storytelling um, you know, practicing some things and how to convey stories in a live, getting live feedback and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I started doing that and it was, I think it was in April, actually it was like three years ago or when 2018, two years ago, 
this week, actually, when I started doing daily Facebook lives. And uh, I know that because, you know, your Facebook memories pop up and I'm like, oh, right. yeah, I remember that. But um, so I started doing that every day. And an amazing thing started to happen when I started publishing every day. And I know that sometimes some people are like, they think of Facebook live or going live on video and it just stresses them out and fills them with anxiety. But for me, I was comfortable with that. And that's where I was able to find my voice. But what I found as I started to do that every day and become consistent is that more people started to listen. So my audience started to grow. And then I really started to find my voice. I've always been comfortable public with public speaking and, and things like that. But, um, I look at my first Facebook lives as to where I am now with them. And it's like a night and day difference. Um, so you find your voice and you get better as you go, but then more people start to pay attention. And as I started to grow an audience, then I started to pay attention to what kinds of questions they were asking me, the conversations that they were having, some of the things that they were struggling with. And then I started to, to craft messages to specifically address those, those issues. And this is, again, is all for free on a Facebook live. Like anybody could tune in whenever they want or watch it on a replay and that kind of stuff. But by doing that, I started to get more people approaching me with personal, like, Hey, could you help me with this? Or like, Ooh, I heard that you, you know, do these sessions where you help people like kind of analyze their stories and build up and craft it and stuff like that. And so it just kind of word of mouth started to get around and I got more clients and of course delivering and giving, <laughs> giving the value and stuff in those, in those moments just led to more and more and more. Um, all of my traffic and marketing up to this point really has all been organic. You know, I've done a couple of back before I really thought much about it. I boosted a couple of posts every once in a while um, not realizing that that wasn't like the best way to spend money, but still, you know, I was naive with it, but all of it, I was able to, in April of 2018, I had, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. You know, I had made no money up to that point in that, in that year, really. Um, two weeks after getting home from that funnel hacking live, I closed my first, uh, $25,000 client from it. Um, and Wow. In, that short, in a short amount of time from April to December, I was, I went and did six figures worth of business, which I'd never done for myself ever, you know? And so the key to it was that I found my platform, which was Facebook live. Um, and I was consistently publishing and giving value every day. And that just brought more and more and more people into my world. And yes, my income increased, but like I got opportunities to speak on stage at Funnel Hacking Live, at Russell Brunson's Traffic Secrets in 2000, Traffic Secrets event in Phoenix in 2018, um, which then again gave me an, a bigger audience to be able to get my message out to, right? So to be able to grow and build my business and get the income and the freedom that I wanted to, like I coach my son's, uh, I, I'm an assistant coach on my son's comp soccer team, right? I've been a basketball coach for my my nine-year-old's best junior jazz team, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's because one, I want to be present in their lives, but because I had, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, like there's a lot of work that goes into what I do, but at the same time, I was like, I wasn't working 60, 80 hours a week and I was making five times the money that I was, you know, and being able to have free time and play with the kids or, you know, go to lunch with my wife or, you know, those kinds of things. And so 
I, I attribute it to taking action, like making the steps and doing just doing what I was told that I should and doing what I felt I should, but then being consistently publishing and putting my message out there just did nothing but good things um, for me. And it just opened up so many more doors for me to have uh, more opportunities to provide value and attract more people into my world. Right. I love that. I love that. I love, I love two things about it. One, how simple it is. Right. But how like inspiringly impactful it was by, by doing that. Like, I mean, that's how I learned about you was when I joined the two comma club coaching program last year. Um, and then in the groups, I would see your notification that you were going live. Uh, and there were, there were a number of those where I was just like, Oh, what, what is Nick talking about today? You know? And, and that's how I, uh, got to know who, who you were, you know, and I've, I've definitely personally fallen victim to the, you know, I'll just hide in the shadows and work in my little quarter. And so like, it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast to like, like make myself like speak and get out there and find my voice because, um, because it's, it's so, it's so important for you to, I mean, for, for your own brand to learn your voice, but for you to really find the people that you need to impact, like you've got to, you got to get out there, you know? So I just, yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> well, and it's, it's just one of those things that every, every person's different, right? But there are, just like you said, with the, this podcast, this is your opportunity to get in that habit and find your voice and, and build your audience and all those kinds of things. Mine was Facebook Live you as a listener who is listening to this, it might be something completely, completely different. I encourage you to follow both mine and Lisanne's uh, example and, and just try things until you find what is comfortable for you. But um, once you get into that habit and you get over yourself, like this is one of the things I always, always preach, so to speak, is like, there are people right now who are looking for your voice. You know, they might not know that they're looking specifically for Lisanne Murphy right now, right? Or Nick Fitzgerald. But when they hear your voice, they're going to recognize it. It's going to change their life. It's going to help them turn things around or fix their business or save a relationship, whatever it might be. Um, But the longer that you talk yourself out of it and you're kind of being selfish, you know, like, oh, I'll wait until I have 5,000 followers and then I'll do this or that. Like, the longer you do that, the longer you're keeping them in pain and in the dark. And eventually they're going to find a voice that's going to help. And I, we obviously want it to be our own voice and we want to be the one that, that helps them. But as long as we keep talking ourselves out of it and the longer we're, we keep quiet, the longer we keep them in pain and the more likely they are to go and find somebody else. Um, but again, you know, I'm sure you've had experiences with this through the podcast and other things, but like, I would go to these events, um, you know, around the country with other entrepreneurs and I would have complete strangers who I didn't even know existed before that second and moment in time that would come up and be like, Oh my gosh, I listen to every single one of your Facebook lives. I watch every single one of them. Thank you so much. Or, you know, they come up and say that they've been listening and you, they've never liked or commented or, you know, that kind of stuff on it. You had no idea that they're interacting, but there are people that are listening um, and paying attention. And, you know, that that's the power of just getting out of your own way and, and doing and taking action with it. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm a proponent that you should be using video because it's a fast uh, way to connect because I'm looking down a lens right now. And you, if you're watching this on the other side, it's like we're looking eye to eye, right? Um, 
and it's a great way to be able to pick up personality and to show and engage more senses um, at the same time. When you have those many connection points with your audience, the, the more the better, right? And so I'm a proponent of that, but you might be just totally terrified of it. So maybe a podcast is a good way to start and help you get your momentum going or just typing out an article for LinkedIn or a longer post, you know, a text post for Facebook or something like that. Like you just need to do it because uh, you just, you never know the impact that you're going to have right now. Um, what is it? Tony Robbins kind of, he says like, we downplay the impact that we have it within five years, but overplay what we could do in 10 or I, I can't remember how he phrases it, but it's totally true that you have that ability right now. Um, we just have to work through some, some fears and things like that to hold us back. Um, but there's merit in just doing for the sake of doing. But as you and I know, when you become intentional with what you're doing, that's when the power comes. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and I love how like you're, 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 realistic and compassionate that sometimes it's challenging to to put yourself out there but i love how you're also just bold you're like get over yourself like stop being selfish like people want to hear what you have to say like and you're you're keeping them from that benefit um just yeah. because you're self-conscious for some reason uh i just i love that <laughs> get over yourself quote my favorite quote from nick gerald nick fitzgerald so far today is get over yourself get over yourself <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so great. Okay, so let's let's talk about the the friend the friendly giant film. So, um, what marketing tactics are you using? I mean, you talked about the Facebook Live, which is a marketing tactic, right? You're publishing daily. You're getting yourself out there. What else are you using to to market your business? Yeah. So right now, Facebook Live is the the main way I go about doing it. Um, but I. Instagram stories, I absolutely love it because it's a fun way to show behind the scenes and just day-to-day -day things. Um, I've actually got into TikTok in the last three or four months trying to trying to build an audience over there. And just like, at first I was, it was that, that all started just because all my kids were on it. So I wanted to just make sure that they were uh, uh, not being exposed Safe. to inappropriate stuff and things like that. And um, it just kind of became this thing that now it's, I'm always like, Hey guys, I just did a new TikTok. Make sure you go like it, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, I am all about the visual mediums. So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook lives. Um, I've started, uh, doing in YouTube, of course. And then, um, I've started trying to look for ways. I love copywriting. It's not my most favorite thing. It's time consuming, but I'm trying to write articles and things like that for LinkedIn to kind of get into that um, that arena a little bit more. Um, but most of, most of what I'm doing right now is all organic, engaging in groups on Facebook, um, you know, commenting on posts and providing value that way to people, and just giving um, giving away, you know, the good stuff to just help people, especially like when we're recording this, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 stuff and there's a lot of worry and people are stressed out about things and worrying about how to position their business and stuff. However, I can serve and give value, um, you know, in order just to give somebody some encouragement or some uh, one or two tactical things that they could do right now um, without expecting anything in return. That has really helped as well. The, the, the struggle that I have when it comes to my marketing is, um, especially right now, a lot of people are online. 
doing things and scrolling and spending time. So there's a lot more noise that I'm having to compete with than I did four weeks ago. Um, and so I've noticed the engagement on my Facebook lives has dropped because I have now so many more things that I'm competing with, you know, memes about viruses, uh, you know, all sorts of silly things that are being shared, uh, fake news or, you know, people that are upset one way or the other with how po politics are going, like everyone's ranting about it on social media. So I have a lot more noise to have to cut through to get people to see my stuff. Even yeah. um, I was talking the other day with a couple of my friends through- And then Facebook you put the Tiger program. King on front of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone's, <laughs> I still need to watch that. That's on my list, I haven't dove in yet. But like you have all of that stuff and like even talking to some of my friends that like regularly engage in stuff they're like i haven't like seen you in my timeline hardly at all you know just like algorithms changing with everyone with the influx of people so that's my biggest challenge right now is like finding ways to continue the organic uh reach but now looking into strategically creating like paid thing paying my way in you know like how russell brunson talks about um traffic you own traffic you buy and traffic you earn um, starting to look at options for buying some traffic to get in front of more people. Those are where I'm struggling the most, you know, kind of right now with, with what I'm working on. Uh, Cause I'm wanting everyone to be able to focus and build powerful stories. I have a great high converting. It's converting right now at 53% over um, three months worth of traffic, uh, organic traffic to it. It's wow. still converting at that high, high number. So I'm like, okay, now, how can I get more eyes in front of that? You know, how can I get more people uh, to do that by throwing some money behind it? And what's the, what's the impact going to be that way? So those are like what I've been doing and what I'm kind of facing now as challenges with, with my business. With yeah. Marketing. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to see, I mean, as, as a social media agency, just to see how the climate is, is changing in terms of the amount of people that are online. Like I've even noticed um, my internet the last week has just been like sluggishly yeah. slow, right? There's so many people that are online. And so it's like the demand has increased, but like you have to, you have to cut through that differently. Um, and you have to, you have to figure out ways to break into that because there's opportunity there for sure. But, um, but you have to learn how to do it and then be sensitive as well to the situation that so many people are in um, that are, yeah, that are exactly. struggling. So, you know, yeah. it's, that, that's, it's not a, not a simple problem to solve for sure. Um, yeah. So Nick, I always ask this uh, of every guest that I bring on, uh, as you've been through your journey that you've, you've, you've done a lot of different things and you are a man who it seems to me like you're incredibly optimistic and you're, you seem to always be putting yourself out there so that you can be in the right place at the right time to take opportunities. What has been the most transformational thing that you've experienced as you've gone through this whole journey? Oh man, that's such a good question. Because there's so many, you know, there's so many different things that you could point to. But I, I honestly think the biggest transformational point for me has been just the self-belief that I have in myself, the confidence that I've built. You know, the first time I had somebody book a strategy session with me. It was two hours and they paid me $2,000. And all we did was talk about their stories and they left so happy and so fulfilled. And I was like, that was so fun. And I got paid pretty good for that. You know, I was like, people are paying me to do that. Um, 
for me, it was just the realization and believing it myself. You know, you can have people say, oh, you're so talented or, you know, and we just downplay it because most people like to, you know, shy away from that or don't want to seem like they're boastful and things like that. But stepping into and fully believing that I have skills and talents and abilities that are valuable to people. And I've spent my entire life studying stories. Like maybe not, I, they weren't when I was a kid and I was geeking out on stories and movies and things like that. It wasn't for the intention that when I'm a 40 year old that I have a business that's doing this and that, no. But you have a lifetime full of experience and expertise and passion and drive. And when you actually believe and step forward with confidence, knowing that there's at least one person in this world of six and a half billion people that your expertise and your passions are valuable to and can help somebody move forward. That for me is like where I really started to gain momentum was when I stepped into it and stopped, stopped putting myself down or stopped like downplaying like my skills or my abilities and things like that. I'm not arrogant and I'm not in your face about it. And I'm not, you know, sitting on a Lamborghini, making it rain with hundred dollar bills and stuff like that. No, but I know that what I do is valuable and helps people because whether it's a, a, a biggest loser audition tape or a brand story for a startup company or working on a quick little video ad for a hundred million dollar company, whatever it is, I'm the one that's being able to facilitate and put that together when they themselves couldn't. Whatever your skills are, or whatever your business uh, focus is or, or that kind of stuff, you have that same ability right now and people will pay you for it. And once I, again, once I owned that and truly believed it, that is when things really started to ramp up and I had more confidence going forward with my messaging, but then also the word got out and when you have that swagger a little bit, it shows and people pick up on it and they introduce you to more people and it gives you more opportunities. So I'd say that that would be my most pivotal thing in this whole journey. I love it. Oh, it's so good. Well, before we started this interview, you talked about a framework that you yeah. like to share with people. I'd love to give you a second to like talk about that because um, as we've learned in the last several months, if you're in Russell Brunson's community, you learned the importance of frameworks and the power that it has to set you apart from everybody, but also to be memorable to the people that you're serving. So talk to us about the framework that, that you've built that's helping, that's helping people. Yeah, for sure. So it's, uh, I call it my storytelling for business framework. It's super, super simple. It's nine simple steps to help you build stories for your brand within your business and, and, the, and that, that will build connection, help people understand who you are and what you're all about and increases their connection to you so that they become long-term or return uh, clients, customers and things like that. Um, and basically it's, it's the culmination. Like I said, I've been studying story my whole life, right? Um, it's the culmination of my lifetime of obsession with film and movies and stories and imagination and, and those kinds of things. And then as, uh, as a young person dating and stuff, learning how stories really connect us. And that's how you, if you're dating or trying to get a relationship, you go on your first date, you're basically just telling your life stories to one another. And then based on those stories, you decide if you want to continue going forward and all those kinds of things. And then, uh, then all my time working in film 
learning the technical aspects and actually like the structures of stories to be able to guide an audience through a journey. Um, and then as you know, applying it to sales through marketing and through one-to-one -one messaging when I was a financial advisor, especially all of that stuff is like, all of, all of that experience is what's culminated in this framework. And I broke it down into nine simple steps. And I'll, I'll go through each one of the steps really quick. I'll just say what they are so you guys can get an understanding and then go and check it out in the, in the, the toolbox that, that you guys have. But like step number one is beginning with the end in mind, right? You have to have an intention and a purpose behind the story for your business. How many of us have gone through or been at a party or a family function or even at a business thing and there's just one person that's just yapping the whole time and you're just like, when is this gonna get over? They're just talking for the sake of talking, right? Once you, well, you may be guilty of that yourself. I've, I've done it a few times in my life too. But when you have a purpose that you're wanting to, uh, what do you want the people to feel, think and do at the end of this story, um, that helps you identify what stories to tell. because. One of the things I taught with almost every single person that I talk to, they fall into one of two categories. Either like, I'm really boring. I don't have a story to tell. Nobody's going to be interested in me, you know, or they've lived a lot of life and have a lot of experience, but they don't know where to start or what to share or what to like not share so that people don't think they're crazy, you know, that kind of stuff. But when you begin with the end in mind, it helps you identify those stories and experiences in your life and that you've seen to guide people to that. So um, that's step number one. Um, steps two through six are all about the structure of your story. Um, you know, every story has three simple things, uh, a beginning, a middle, and an end, but great stories do very specific things within each one of those areas. So that's step number two. Step number three is uh, introducing the conflict early, especially when you're talking about what caused you to be an entrepreneur or start your business. There was something that happened in your life that triggered you to start looking into this thing, right? Um, step number four is introducing the key characters. There's obviously yourself, but any of your support system or family members or coworkers or bosses or mentors or those kinds of people, you need to be able to introduce those. Um, naming an enemy is step number five. There's always a bad guy in every story, even, even uh, if it's not a literal person, it could be a health problem. It could be an economic crisis or a pandemic. You know, there's always an enemy in every great story. Um, and then step number six is raise the stakes. You need to raise the stakes and make things, you know, your success vital or else, you know, you I love Star Wars. For those of you who see the video, like there's the video, I have tons of Star Wars stuff behind me. Like there, that movie continually raises the stakes. And as a result, we get more drawn in to the, to the moments. Step seven is to be detailed and share as many of the details as you possibly can. Sights, smells, emotions, who you shared it with, all those kinds of things. Um, step number seven, or number eight, excuse me, is be genuine. If you, if you fudge your story and make up stuff, it's going to come out. So you want to be genuine and you don't want to, you know, force things. Um, like if you feel, some people feel like you have to cry on a video in order for people to connect with you. Don't make yourself cry just because you think that's what people want because it doesn't translate very well. Um, the same, the same just goes with your messages. Be genuine and be real with what you're talking about. And then step nine um, is again, like the get over yourself, do it now. Don't wait. You know, you don't hesitate and don't uh, sit on it. So that's the, the quick rundown of like these nine steps. If, if, uh, for storytelling for your business. 
as you follow those. I've seen through feature films, through branding messages, through working with my clients and all that kind of stuff that these steps help them craft a message that really connects and resonates with their audience and helps them just want to want to do business with you. Um, where they're just like, take my money or I can't wait. I have a goal. I've had people say, I have a goal written down on my calendar to like work and work hard enough so that I can afford to work with you and have you come and do videos for my business and stuff like that. Right. So when you build your stories this way, as opposed to every one of them being a, a sales letter or facts and figures and all that kind of stuff, you do need to have those messages. Yes. But when you can engage and build an emotional connection on the front end of that, um, the retention and the results on the back end just are multiplied. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is so, I love that framework. So, and, and guys, he's giving us the outline and, and the overview of that to put in the marketing matrix toolbox. So we are so excited to have that. And we really appreciate your generosity of, of giving that to, to our listeners. That's fantastic. Um, so you also have for people to follow you, obviously you, you want to become friends with Nick so you can watch his lives, uh, but you also have a Facebook group. Uh, so I would love for you to take a second to talk about the ways that people can follow your journey uh, and get in touch with you in yeah. terms of helping them learn how to tell their stories uh, through video. For sure. So I have, you know, my Nick Fitzgerald entrepreneur Facebook page. Um, and that's where I do the majority of my lives from. But I also have been building over the last little bit. Um, it's called Storytelling Entrepreneurs uh, Facebook group. And it's just a place again for I know that some people, like some of you who are listening, you're going to say, okay, fine, Nick, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to start publishing or telling my story, but you don't have a safe, safe place to, to do that. Or you're worried about people like this is a group where people can come in, like kind of test out some of the materials or ask for, ask for help from a community. And also I'm there um, to be able to, to give any pointers and stuff like that. But um, those are the two places where I'm, I'm really doing a lot of my publishing right now. Um, and again, it's just, I want to foster a community of people that understand that storytelling is one of the tenets of successful business. Humanity is storytelling. Businesses, empires, you know, legacies have been built and destroyed based on the stories that get told. Um, and I want you guys to have the, uh, the best tools and the best opportunity to begin if you haven't started. Um, to build your stories and your messages for your brand on like proven stuff. Like I've learned from Oscar winners and Emmy winners and amazing storytelling masters in Hollywood about all, all of these things and through trial and error myself and my business and, and all, all that kind of stuff. I want to give you those tools and through that page, through that group, there are, those are places where you can learn, but also you know, dip your toes in the water, test things out, get some feedback on things before you take it live. But then also in the, the toolbox um, to give you more of that information uh, and more of the tactical, it goes a lot deeper than what I did going through those nine steps um, to show you how you can start doing it right now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, where, that's where you can go start uh, consuming the Nick Fitzgerald stuff. <laughs> I love it, awesome. Well. We're so excited. Thank you so much for, again, again, gifting that and for always just putting out so much value. I mean, guys, I'm in a couple of the same Facebook groups that uh, Nick is. And I mean, 
I, I'm sure he's on like the top five contributors list on every single one of them. Like he's just always giving value. So make sure you get into this guy's world um, and follow his journey as well as use him to help you tell stories. He is as genuine and as real as it gets. Uh, and so Nick, you are indeed the friendly giant. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Matrix today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was good to be here. Thanks for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast today. I know this episode was beneficial for you, and I hope you can think of a friend or business associate who would benefit also. Go ahead and share the episode with them. Tune in next time to hear from yours truly, that's right, me, about retargeting and why it works. Guys, retargeting is a question that I get all the time, so I'm super excited to pull back the curtain on this one for you. Did you know we are constantly compiling great marketing and life tools just for you, our listeners? You have access to all of them in the Marketing Matrix toolbox. So to check out this wealth of free resources for from our many podcast guests, go to toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com to gain instant access. We add new material constantly. And remember, you are invited to join our marketing conversations in my free Facebook group called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Brands. To hop in with others mastering the ad game and scaling their business using paid Facebook ads, go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash FB ad ninjas. We're so excited to have you join us and become a fellow ninja. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.